What's up? What's up, everybody? We have hit the midweek mark, and that's right. You're almost done. It's almost time to crack open a drink. It's time to get ready for the weekend. It is almost here. You're probably listening to this in your commute, going from your bedroom to your living room, watching your kids do your distance learning, watching your NFL network, checking up your Twitter timelines, and hopefully everybody's week is going good. Hopefully everybody's, you know, settled in, feeling good, ready for the weekend, ready to do something safe but also go out and have some fun enjoy yourselves enjoy your families so what i want to get into right now real quick is is we talked about last week about how the franchise tag a lot of players didn't like it and this week this year i've seen nine players get tagged and this is something that you know it happens across the league players get tagged all the time but i've seen a lot more players get tagged this season as they go into the 2021 season. I think that part of it is because of, you know, the new salary cap, the way that the cap rules are. But at the same time, a lot of players aren't getting tagged because of the salary cap, and there's a lot of teams that don't have the money to tag those players. But what we are seeing is that teams are trying to lock up players on long-term deals, and every player that I have wanted to go to the Raiders so far, except for John Johnson, has gotten tagged. Leonard Williams has gotten tagged. Marcus May has gotten tagged. Taylor Moten's gotten tagged. I mean, the list goes on and on. The players that, that I wanted to see the Raiders get have all gotten tagged, and we're seeing all these guys getting locked up. And the reason why I'm looking at guys like Taylor Moten is because something we're going to get into a little bit later. There was a recent departure out of the Raiders, and the Raiders have made some moves getting close to free agency, freeing up the salary cap, some roster moves, and we're going to touch on that. Raiders have a lot of difficult roster moves to make. They have a lot of difficult decisions that they need to make, and there's going to be some players that fans are going to question the moves, and there's going to be some players that fans question the move in the beginning when they got signed, and why did they got that contract, and why are they a Raider, and why did they play out of position, and why all those things, and we're going to address that in just a minute. I'm going to bring on a friend of mine, good friend of the show, somebody that I've worked with for quite a while now, part of the Blue Wire family. When I come back from this break, I'll bring on my guy, who I'm not even going to introduce, because you guys should know by now. All right, so we're back, and I told you I wasn't going to introduce my guest, because you guys should already know who it is. Part of the Blue Wire family, somebody I've worked with a long time. What's up, Ugly? Kenny King Jr., uh, all too <laughs> familiar voice, man. I love uh, I love our conversations, man. It's been a while. It's uh, off-seasons, kind of warming up now. It's starting to feel you know, like you know, football season's around and uh, getting excited. Uh. You know, it's it's one of those things where I hate this period of time because it's there's nothing going on up until about right now. You get yeah. you start seeing players get released. You see players get franchise tagged. You see players, you know, get locked up on new contracts, new extensions, things like that. You see trades or the preliminary yeah. trades that could always get vetoed a la Roger Saffold back in the day. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, we look at it and it's also the time where the NFL gets the compensatory picks. And, you know, once again, the Raiders those? don't <laughs> right, the Raiders don't get any picks. But I was dig- I did some digging and I was looking at it. And did you know 
that the teams that got the picks, all those players came to us, most of them. You know, obviously, the mm-hmm. Tom Brady was supposed to come to us and get a stake in the team, but he didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I wonder if he still has ownership in a house. That's great. I don't know. Anyways. But, but, but yeah, so there was Vic Beasley, <laughs> there was Nick Wikowski, Malik Collins, Jeff Heath, Jason Witten, yeah. Carl Nassib, and Marcus Mariota. All those players ended up coming to the Raiders. So all those players that other teams got picks for, we got two guys that performed. Actually, I'd say three guys that performed pretty well in, in games. Uh, Marcus did a good job in the in the Chargers game. Uh, Kwiatkowski was a beast all season. And Jeff Heath pretty much owned the, the Chiefs. Yeah, sometimes, I don't know. I mean, in past years, I've always been waiting for comp picks to come out and be like, come on, give me the give the Raiders one, give the Raiders one. And, of course, it never happens. And this year, I, I have a little bit of, I guess, a different tune about it because I don't want to say I'm sick of draft picks because whenever the draft comes around, I'm be excited to see who we pick and see what they turn into. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a phase right now where I just feel like you never know what you're going to get out of these young guys. Like, you know, you know they could have all the talent in the world. Um, what are they going to turn into? And with almost like no college football this season, with no really – I mean, there's still – I mean, the, the, the visits and the meetings – are still going to be very limited compared to what they were, you know, two years ago. So do I trust it? I feel like it's just, it's already been a crapshoot in the draft. Now it's even more of a crapshoot. And I don't know, just like my whole attitude, we're both obviously very positive and and we always see the glass half full with the Raiders, but I don't know what it is this off season. It's taken until this point, I think an off season for me to kind of get excited again, just because after that second straight kind of crumble, at the end of the season, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, I felt like I just needed time to just sit there and like actually dwell on it and and, yeah. and see like, you know, I guess just to see what it turned into. And I feel like the Raiders are it was kind of a slap in the face because uh, now they're making a lot of moves and, and resetting, I think, pretty hard and harder than uh, they were in the past. They're, they're forced to create a lot of cap space because they know the way the team is now, it's not just add a couple pieces and be good to go. You know, we're turning rocks over and I think it's um, I think it's going to come out, you know, for the best. Yeah, I mean, they're making some moves. And I think that some of the notable moves that they've made is they've made some big moves on the offensive line. And now I know the Raider fans are freaking out. We got rid of Gabe. We got rid of Richie. We got rid of Trent. What is this? What does this look like for for the Raiders? And one thing that we, we have to focus on is that. Aside from Gabe, Richie only played a handful of games. Trent yeah. only played a handful of games in his tenure here and you know when Gabe was here while you know I have the utmost respect for Gabe and you know everything that he did for the Raiders and I think he definitely earned his contract he may have gotten a little prematurely and then may have attributed to us not getting Mac but I won't get into that but (laughs) you know we look at Gabe's contract and the writing was kind of on the wall that Gabe was going to be gone we thought last year yeah yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, in question last year. You're right, and I'm glad you brought that up because you even talked about it a little before we got on that. These guys, and even though they were our starters and they were the core of our offensive line, they've been that those five guys. They've been our starters for the last two years. And how many times did we actually see these guys, all five of them, play a full game together as a unit? Yeah. So whenever you have an offensive line that's top one or top two paid in the NFL. You're going to expect a lot more, I don't know, consistency from them. And, and it just wasn't there. And, and, and Gabe, I felt like, had a pretty good bounce back. Still a pretty big cap number. I could still see them bringing him back. 
Uh, of course, that's going to be up in the air because he could just feel some sort of way. Uh, you never know how players are going to take it. There's a lot of restructures going on, but restructures, I think, with players only work if they completely believe in the system, the plan, and they love where they're at. I feel like Gabe might be that guy, but you never know. Someone else might need a guard. You know, we've seen guys like Clutchio Simile ended up places. Of course, he went to the Jets, but ended up places like the Chiefs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Hope he doesn't stay in the division. Let's, you know, send him over to the NFC, if anything. Uh, right. like Trent Brown, you know, get him over there, you know, so he can go seven and nine or whatever for the rest of his career, seven and 10 now, 17 games, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line plays out. But I think with some of the young guys that we have on the interior, we're going to say shape up just fine. It's just right tackle is our question. Yeah. Right. Tackle is definitely a question. I mean, you know, the question mark is on Brandon Parker is, is Brandon Parker a guy that you can put as a starter? <laughs> you know, I, Look, he played well. He played he played better than I expected. He played better. Right. He I played just, better it's... than I expected, but it's it's <laughs> not a guy that I can say, this is my starting right tackle. I'm ready to roll with Brandon Parker. This is my guy. I, I, yeah. I can't say it. But at the same time, like, <laughs> let's, let, let's look at Trent and, and this timeline of what went down. Like, I mean, I feel like Trent got the bag and just kind of ate the bag. A fruit roll-ups? <laughs> I mean, foot? dude, look. <laughs> Look, I mean, look, Trent got paid. He he's the greatest on. He got paid. Paid. He got paid. I mean, he was the, the highest paid right tackle in the league, and, yeah. and, and rightfully so. I mean, Trent played at a phenomenal rate, and when Trent was in the games, even with the Raiders, he played like the highest paid right tackle. The problem was, in sixteen games he played, or I'm sorry, in in thirty two games he paid sixteen. Yeah, and. And not I mean, even really 16 full games. You know what I mean? Like he, full games. He, he was just out there, you know, for 16 games. And a couple of them, he, like there was, you know, the, whatever the beginning of this season, he played like three snaps and then was yeah. out. So whatever he ended up playing at the end of the season, what, like four games or something weird? I, I don't even – I wasn't even hardly keeping track of him. That was – it was such a wild ride. And then towards the end of it, I felt like he was already so sick of it anyways. And he just kind of got an excuse – Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We, we, we talked about it too. getting the, the air bubble and the IV super serious getting COVID right. super serious too. Like you can't like, we're not going to take those things lightly. That wasn't, you know, really his fault. Um, you know, getting uh, COVID and what not wearing his tracking device and causing other right. players to miss the game who didn't have COVID that was reckless uh, coming in extremely overweight and the injuries were real at the beginning of the season. I, I saw a lot of, of fans talking, you know, Hey, uh, fake an injury. Well, it wasn't fake an injury. He's actually hurt. But the reason he's hurt is because he's overweight. I mean, right. me, I put on extra 30 pounds and, and my, my knee doesn't like me a lot more with 30 more pounds. This dude, you know, coming in like 40 pounds overweight and actually going out there trying to play a sport, uh, a very yeah. physical sport on your legs like that. Yeah, I'm sure he is going to get hurt. It's going um, to weigh on but, you. But that's on <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's just, man, there, there's so many things that this guy could have controlled and yeah. didn't and i feel like something that's kind of been i think overlooked now and, and really didn't matter anyways but was the final game of the season where why didn't he play like he just kind of had an injury what did he just say oh my knee hurts right. or what was it yeah, ankle or his, something it was his ankle or his knee or something like that i mean i think that and this is something that i talked about last week on the pod is if as a lineman if you're hurt you're you're not able to walk you, you can't yeah. You can't move. You can't move your body. I mean, we look at John Feliciano, who played with a torn pec in the Pittsburgh game and stayed in that game 
to make sure that the Raiders got the win. You know, yeah. you look at you look at Colton Miller who played with mm-hmm. two busted knees. You look yeah. at you know, you know, Richie, Gabe didn't who, come back 100% healthy either last year. Right, too. Gabe wasn't 100%. You look at Richie, Richie was trying to come back on his Achilles. You yeah. know, so, you know, Rodney hasn't been healthy since probably the 2016. So, yeah, you know, you look at these players, you look at, you know, kind of the things that they go through, and then you see the greatest underdog. And greatest underdog under fraud. Right. Is that a word? And look, <laughs> I mean, we can make it a word. I mean, here's the thing, though. We look at we look at it, right? And we we focus on what's going on. We focus on you know what's happened. Where did this go south? Where did this relationship go sour? Was it when he came into camp overweight and they told him to lose weight, and they could have found him and they didn't find him, or was it when he decided that AB left and he was free and called grandma and? He decided that he wanted to go too. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. But now, and then he he posts a cryptic tweet: "All the, the amount of money doesn't make you happy on God." But then make sure that he turns off his replies because he doesn't want Raider Nation hopping into his replies. Yeah, that is funny how he says that. Whenever there was a quote, I think talking about whenever he left New England, he wanted to stay there, but the only reason he didn't was because the money they couldn't pay him enough. Right. So right. and then it, he took it, less it, money it, to go to New England. To go back. And I think it was just kind of like maybe just to sort of get out of there. I don't really know. Um, There's a certain way that the Raiders organization is being ran now. And that's, I think, more so from the Mike Mayock standpoint, I'm seeing it. He's very strict. He's he's very straightforward. If he's got a problem with you, he's going to tell you. If you're doing something that he he doesn't like, if he wants to see more of you, if you're not meeting his expectations, he's going to be very blunt and honest. And we saw that, obviously, with Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown didn't like that. Now we have that with Trent Brown. Uh, I think out of this whole process over these two divas that we've played through, the only thing I've learned is that there's no Brown like Tim Brown, and I don't think we're ever going to find another one. So or I'm Willie sticking Brown. with number <laughs> or Willie Brown. So I'm I'm sticking with uh, I guess that 24 and 81 uh, Brown, and that's that's about it from now on. Uh, we signed another guy with the last name Brown. I'm going to start throwing up some question marks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the there's. You know, we could look in, and I know that people have been talking about some of the "quote unquote" uh, bad decisions that the Gruden and Mayock, you know, regime have have made in free agency. And you know, as we go down the list, I kind of look at it as a lot of them we didn't know. We didn't yeah. know that Antonio Brown was going to be psycho. We didn't know that Trent Brown was going to have all these issues. We didn't anticipate Tyrell Williams getting hurt. We didn't anticipate. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner playing out of position for and and nobody did you know when, when, yeah. when these signings happened nobody was complaining like this everybody was excited they were everybody good was signings excited and it was a team right. that needed to make some big kind of block not blockbuster signings but they needed to bring in some names and 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 build up this locker room and they did unfortunately they didn't pan out and I think that's more so coaching I'm not going to blame John Gruden but I will yeah. put a lot of blame obviously on Paul Gunther and we can put a lot uh, of blame on Gunther. Yeah, or all the blame. I mean, unfortunately, it seems like, you know, but I mean, the blame um, for the defense definitely falls on his shoulders. I mean, when we look yeah. at when you look at the defensive players, when you look at guys that have left and that have said that Paul Gunther was, you know, calling plays and implementing game plans and nobody knew what the hell was going on. I think yeah. that obviously falls right onto your defense coordinator. But at the same time, some of the blame does have to go on Gruden where it's like, hey, you were running this. You yeah. saw that this was an issue. You saw in 2019 that this was an issue. And in 2020, you brought him back. And I feel like 
he was on a short leash. And as the season progressed, he was still on a short leash. But I feel like that Kansas City game kind of pulled his leash a little bit looser because, well, the Raiders won. But if you look at the yeah. play of that game, I mean, they we outscored him on offense. It was a shootout. And our offense yeah. just played better. I mean, Henry Ruggs was lights out in that game. Josh Jacobs was lights out in that game. And, of course, Derek Carr played like a top-10 quarterback. Yeah, top five that game, I'd say, in my opinion, you know. <laughs> MVP, gonna, right? It's it's one of those things where, I mean, you, you borderline put up 50 points on a team, you better freaking win the game. So, uh, I feel like he did put up a blueprint, I think, to put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, besides that, dude, there wasn't really much. But now, I mean, now we're looking at some of these gaps on defense. You know, you're talking about some of these guys leaving. Uh, you mentioned Joyner. That's a big question mark, in my opinion. What are we going to do in the slot? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, gosh, who do we – I mean, Amik Robertson, I think, is a guy that has the NFL prototype slot build. But I'm not sure I quite trust him to be our week one starter right now, right. the nickel, until he fully adapts. Um, the, 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 the feel that I get from some players on the team is that Amik's great. Now it's just the transition from playing outside corner full-time to being – his body type is being a slot guy. And it's yeah. learning that and adapting to that play style. And uh, he could be there for all we know. I mean, we, all he can do is get it, throw him out there and see what he can do. Um, this year, he kind of, you know, held his own, but, you know, also gave us some big plays, was kind of lost at certain times. But that could be Gunther. So who knows? I mean, everything can change. But Kenny, what do you think about our, our, our feeling at corner? I guess I'll flip this over. Um, I'm just going to post the rest of this podcast, I guess. We're just going to keep on. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my nature. I've hosted too many podcasts. You're like, oh, let, me, let me just uh, roll over this real quick. Now, you know, looking at corner, I think that one of the things that we, that we look at is Trayvon Mullen is he's, he's CB one. And I think that he solidified yeah. his spot at CB one. I think that, you know, he had some, he had some growing pains in the sophomore season that, you know, a lot of people started getting down on him. And I think that it was probably premature um, but I think yeah. the Trayvon Mullen's going to be good. I think he's going to be all right. When we look Welcome on the in, other yeah. side of the ball, yeah, when we look on the other side of the ball, there's some question marks. Um, I think that, you know, I think Damon Arnett has the ability to to be a good corner. Uh, I think he has the the body type. I think he has the speed. He has the athleticism. He has the desire to, to hit. But that desire to hit also gets him in a lot of trouble. Um, he's had, you know, concussions in back-to-back -back games. He had a broken wrist. Um, yeah. And I think that some of the other things that we have to look at are some of the off-the-field things. Um, I saw recently he was on, you know, on Twitter or Instagram um, in DMs going at somebody, um, you know, and, and getting on them about that, about a comment that they had posted on his page. Um, you know, and, and mm -hmm. there's a question of the desire to play. Um, you know, we talk about it. We joke about it. Uh, he's creating a, a rap label. And he tweeted, you know, because you don't see me posting my workouts every day is, you know, am I not working? And then he posts a workout and it looked like he maybe never did work out. I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I understand what he's saying. Like, you know, I think he threw something out. What do you guys want to see me brush my teeth too? And I'm, you know, so kind of sitting there thinking in the back of my mind, like, well, if you're as committed to brushing your teeth as you were rapping, I'm sure you'd be posting <laughs> your videos of yourself brushing your teeth. And the same thing kind of goes with football. Um, depending on where your heart is and it's the off season, they can do what they want. I don't care. Right. Um, I, I'm kind of speechless to this whole thing because I'm kind of wondering like, man, you know, maybe they'll line up and he can like battle rap before they take the snap. And if he wins and shuts them down, maybe he doesn't have to run. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like <laughs> what do we do here with this training? I, right. But I'm not, I mean, that's just a stupid joke. It, it, it's one of those things where if he comes in next season and there, there's an improvement, then I'm not going to say anything like dude, go rap like, like Darren Waller. 
who cares what right. Darren Waller like he he's doing that all the time like he he even I mean talked about it um he's making I beats forget. on the on the plane on the on, yes. after games getting you know. late to the bus because he's sitting there like just like zoned out making beats but right. in the training room and on the football field he's also putting he's in equal business. effort and handling business and the, and the production's there so you don't who cares like dude like that's dope i'll listen to your music uh but right. damon arnett i mean we didn't sign you to be a rapper like we signed I can tell you, you right now and, and i don't mean to cut you off but i can tell you right now if Derek carr started rapping or, or started, you know, did like a Christian album. Yeah. Twitter would be all up in arms and say they would question yeah. his effort. They would question his heart. They would question his mm-hmm. desire to play. They would question everything about him because yeah. it's Derek Carr. But now we have a rookie who played a total of five games, had an injury, had some issues, um, whiffed on a play that caused us to lose the game. Yeah. And it seems to be not that big of a deal. So a lot of people call Derek Pastor Carr, but like you don't see me running around calling like Damon, like Little Arnett. Damon. You know what I mean? Yeah, little, like yeah, Little Arnett. <laughs> little Arnett. You know what I mean? Like that's a little Deezy. Little Deezy. Like it's not. You know, it's just not the nature of it. But we'll right. see the production. I mean, that's that's what it comes of, down to. Wait, on the field of the rap album. I mean both because so far the rap album hasn't been very good either. I mean he's got to he's got to develop in that too. I'll, I'll give him some chances. Uh, that's going to take a little <laughs> more experience. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm going to just kind of leave it at that until the season comes around and um, if he gets burnt like over and over and he doesn't progress, then you know then we're going to start bringing this stuff back up and it's and it's warranted. Questions. That's what you're paid to do. Yeah, you got to you got to do your job at the end of the day. I don't. You know, I don't, you know, clock in at work just to not care about it and want to, you know, go do other things after work and spend all that money and come back to work and just keep sucking. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to build your craft at, at your job. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what you have to keep getting better. And I think that that's what we want to see, especially as fans. We want to see is keep getting better. We want to see, you know, this defense step it up and do, you know, more things, get turnovers, uh, get sacks, you know, hit quarterbacks hard and speaking of hitting quarterbacks hard did you see Devin White on Twitter today talking about the time that he hit Derek Carr his hard, his hardest NFL hit apparently he's got a little uh resentment for the Raiders and it's cool to have a little chip on your shoulder you know whatever I whatever that tweet was when we went to play him uh like mark the calendar should have picked me up for whatever that was yeah we got a date we have a date on uh what's it called and yeah that's cool like, cool, man. Like, play with that chip on your shoulder. But he just won the Super Bowl, dude. Like, who cares? And uh, I'd say. Just won the Super Bowl and the Raiders are still on his mind. I mean. I'd say Derek took that hit, like, pretty solid. Like, you know, there's probably half the quarterbacks in the NFL that would have been laying out there just all knocked out. Luckily, Derek's been working out for a while and he's quite in shape. Yeah. So, he can take some shots like that. <laughs> um, but And the hit result- you know, and the hit resulted in a first down because there was a flag on the play. Yeah, exactly. And it was just kind of weird. It was kind of a weird shot, Adam. Um, but Derek's, I guess, you know, an easy target, it seems like, on Twitter right. nowadays. Um, but then you go over to Instagram, and Alec Ingold is pretty good, too. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that, make sure you go check out Alec Ingold's <laughs> Instagram, because I think the troll level on that was was 1,000. I mean, 
Uh, One thing I like is, you know, players, you know, fans on Twitter have been talking about, well, you know, the Raiders, Raiders players never stick up for Carr and nobody ever says anything. I think the players have been more vocal these past couple of years than I've seen of anybody on the team. I mean, obviously Lee Smith went, went off on the media, but we're seeing, you know, Darren Waller, we're seeing Alec Ingle, we're seeing guys stick, you know, go in and, and say, look, it's not our quarterback. He's not the issue. Derek's not the problem. You know, there's obvious things that, that need to be focused on. There's obvious things that need that we need to do. And each player is taking accountability. I think that's the biggest thing is offensively, you have a lot of players that are taking accountability. Defensively, I think that, you know, some of the bigger name players, uh, the Max Crosby's, the Clee Farrell's, Corey Littleton's, those are guys that are taking accountability. But I think that, you know, right now there's not that veteran leadership on defense that is creating yeah. a culture in the locker room that everybody loves talking about creating a culture on the defense to take that accountability as a defense players are taking personal accountability, but nobody's taking ownership of that team. Yeah, I agree. So that was kind of a two part conversation you got there going on. Um, I would say, yeah, I don't remember anyone sticking up for Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford or Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky or Carson Wentz, you know, through all their troubles and, uh, them getting kind of dragged through the mud for everything. I don't really yeah. remember that. Raiders players are doing pretty good, and we got a good core group of guys. I mean, I, I'm still even myself after this last draft. I keep saying, you know, man, kind of had a down year, um, but that doesn't take away my, I guess, confidence in him learning from little mistakes or hiccups or an, like a like a a down off season and being mm-hmm. able to capitalize this year and you know kind of flip everything over and, and do right again. And, you know, he's always been, you know, high character guys, high character guys. So whenever things like this happen, like Trent Brown and Antonio Brown and all these guys happen, it blows. then up. they're like, you know, they're dragging it back on him. Oh, what happened to high character? It's like, well, it's also right. John Gruden's team and John Gruden's not out there. Like, Oh, I want, you know, good. I want, you know, I want church boys in here. You know, I want, <laughs> you know, I want pastor Carr and, and, uh, everybody in here, you know, doing, yeah. uh, worship together. You know what I mean? Like that's not his, his idea. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I think, you know, Mayock's vision and, and they're a good one, two punch. They, they complement each other very well. Uh, at the end of the day, it's if John Gruden wants a player, John Gruden's going to get that player. Yep. Uh, you, you don't pay him, you know, $10 million a year for 10 years to let Mayock come in here and, and, and do all the deciding factors because ultimately it comes down to the coach. And you obviously can see that through the draft. All the draft right. picks, although Mayock is scouting, scouting the talent, I know Mayock has a huge piece in the draft. They're going to be drafting a lot by need, and that's a coach thing. And Mayock said and that even tell, right off the bat. Yeah, and you can tell some of the players that, that Gruden is drafting. I think that, you know, when you have a guy that's taken in the third round that played wide receiver and quarterback in college, and they want to move him to running back and make him a quote-unquote joker, uh, and then trade him before the season after, you know, not even going through a full camp. I think those are some of the things that you look at and say, Hey, John, I know that was your pick. Yeah, that was, uh, and that we really missed that 250 total yards. And man, that's another 16 yards against us, man. 16 yards. That was crazy. (laughs) I like how it was his biggest highlight of the season. And people always share it because it's funny how Raiders fans, there's one group, that sticks with everybody rides with the team, you know, like they're like the diehard Raider nation for life. You know, I like to, I guess, kind of put myself in that group, like whatever I'm a Raider fan who cares. Um, and then there's a group that will 
not like car. And, and you know, they, they're the, like the realistic type and they'll not like car, but then they'll overly promote like Bowden and Trent Brown and Antonio and all these, like all the, like the, the polar opposites and the, and the, and the players that the team hates. It's just so funny that there's not really much of an in-between and you always see uh, them sharing videos and Bowden's biggest highlight is some like 10 second long seven yard play. Like, Oh, look how amazing that was. It's like, you picked up seven yards. It can't be that crazy of a play. <laughs> well, and it's crazy because it's like, I try, I try to walk that line. I try to walk that thin line. I think that I don't, you know, I obviously, <laughs> I know you don't, you're, you're the president of the car stand club. And I think that, I mean, obviously, you know, I got a ton of respect for Derek. I think that, you know, Derek's not going anywhere. I've already said, I'm not arguing about Derek Carr because it's like talking to a, my two-year-old son, but well, I guess I'll close me, my notes. Yeah, close those notes. I don't, I, don't want <laughs> I don't want, but for me, it's like, I don't see the point on, you can, you can criticize a player. And if Derek has a bad game, I'll criticize Derek. If, you know, Trent Brown misses five games, I'm going to criticize Trent Brown. But mm-hmm. I think that what people will see is because I'm not calling somebody out their name or disrespecting their family or disrespecting you know, their religion or their beliefs or what they do or or how they feel or anything like that, then you're quote unquote a stand, right? Because you're not joining the, the, the toxic party. And if you call it out, well, no, it's not, it's not me being toxic. It's the Raiders have sucked for, for 18 years and I've earned this right. No, you haven't earned the right to talk down to anybody. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure that you've sucked at your job. Like, do you want somebody to come up and be like, hey, you're you're an asshole. You suck. Your mom sucks. Your dad sucks. Your brother sucks. I'm going to, you know, your brother's mm-hmm. soft because he's defending you. Like, those things, that's what that's what gets me. It's like, if somebody did that to you, if somebody did that to your family, you'd be like, nah, it ain't working like that. But yeah, because, yeah. But because it's somebody that you don't like, that you've already created your opinion on, then it's okay. Yeah. We're climbing down a rabbit hole here, Kenny. It's we could talk about this for like two hours. It's almost oh, ridiculous could. that it's, that's what Raider Twitter has almost separated at this point from uh, discussing all topics and being very drama filled and really just being kind of like everything. It's almost um, you know people try and get away from jobs and sports and teams and and certain things. Not I'm not saying like in, in fandom wise, but as a kid yeah. even growing up, like you're dealing with things like I used to like, I stopped playing AYSO soccer because I always said like too many politics in it. I feel like that's how Raiders Twitter is like, it's so like political and not talking about the actual politics, but it's right. just like, that's the kind of affiliations that you feel. And it's just so separating. And that's kind of, it's just so depressing. Uh, I've been very not super plugged into social media anymore just because there's so many random people. Um, I love the interactions that I get. A lot of people DM me all the time and, talk about stuff, ask questions, and I try and get as many as possible. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where, man, it's just, it, it's so dark right now. And I, I can't wait for things to change. And I think that's going to start with, man, hopefully free agency now. And, you know, you talked about getting some uh, some veterans in, especially in the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I, I specifically see it in the secondary. Uh, yeah. I was really sad to see Marcus Williams getting tagged. So I'm not really sure. Does that mean kind of leave us with John Johnson? Like that's our best case scenario right now at safety. Um, I'm, I'm really confused. I mean, uh, Justin Simmons was obviously the top target. Um, he got tagged. He got tagged. He's gone. Um, I mean, we have what Anthony Harris hanging around. 
right? He should still be hitting free agency. Um, yeah. We got Ro- Ronald Darby that can come in. What about Ronald Darby? I've always wanted us to sign him. Um, I feel like back in the slot, like, maybe. Maybe I just I. I know that whatever move the Raiders make, there's going to be somebody who's upset. If the Raiders sign Melvin Ingram, oh yeah, then he's too old. He's injury prone. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he's been a guy that Melvin Ingram, I think is pretty much a lock, um, I, and not necessarily going to be. Kind of has to be. Yeah, he's not really going to be. I don't. I'm not going to say he's going to come in here. And, I wish I had food that season itself. Um, <laughs> Food's on season. So, I've already seasoned it. I got it marinated. But I've already. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, we had we had a special guest come in. I had to pause it, which is actually a great time that because we had an ad that came on anyway. So go ahead. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man, hopefully our defense can season itself too. Oh man, so <laughs> I, hopefully I our defense say- can make adjustments in game like I just did on the spot. <laughs> Like, shoot. Oh man! So maybe they just go all in on on straight leadership too, because you've been talking about it for a long time. Richard Sherman, there's Patrick Peterson around. No, they're too um, old. He could be they're a dude. I mean, honestly, I would still put Patrick Peterson opposite of Trayvon Mullen, but I, I still be. also would see even Patrick Peterson being so all over that he is. What if he was willing to play safety? Because I think he could be a heck of a prospect. And don't get me wrong, I love Sherman too. Um, but just the the physical specimen and in in yeah. the, the attributes that he has, just my my eye test because I'm I'm really about that. I don't I'm not all, all into the mechanics, but I can tell by watching somebody if they're physically gifted and can do multiple things. Um, and, and he's really just one of those. I mean, was probably playing every single position in high school, both sides of the yeah. ball type guy in college. You know, a real Charles Woodson like skilled player um, yeah. that could do whatever. You can line him up and give him the ball on offense. He'd probably make a play. Uh, I think he was doing punt returns too, wasn't he? Yeah. At one point, yeah. In his I mean, career. He was all so, over the place. He was, he was doing it all. I think he's right in the perfect position as a veteran leader that's been around to come in and he's played for some good defenses uh, to come in and uh, pair up with Jonathan Abram and could maybe be a safety option. Uh, is it realistic? I doubt it. We probably won't even sniff his name, knowing the Raiders, exactly. just because that's how they are. But uh, there's there's options there, I think, because I really feel like that this team and fan base, what they're missing on defense and they don't realize it, the draft is fun. We love our draft stock. It's always overvalued. And we get stuck in the same spot, but we need veterans and we need leaders we need now. We need it. You know, John Gruden has alluded to that alpha, that the Raiders need that alpha, and I think now is the time to get that alpha. I think that even with young guys, you have an alpha in Jonathan Abram. I think that he's going to develop into a leader. I think Max Crosby will develop into a leader. I think Klee develops into a leader. You still need that veteran presence. And I think that adding somebody like a Peterson, like a John Johnson, like a Richard Sherman, while, you know, Peterson or Sherman may not be a sexy pick, it's that leadership pick. And I I know that – You know, nobody wants the quote unquote old guy because they saw it with Jason Witten. I think that these guys are still at a different, they're at a different spot in their career than Jason Witten was. Jason Witten, you know, had come out. He came out of retirement. Yeah, he came out of retirement. He came out of the booth and he was like, "Ah, I'm going to give it one more go. And what he did in the locker room was great. I think that he was a good coach. Speaking of that, though, speaking of that, though, Kyle Long coming out of retirement now. Dude, could that be our option? I think Kyle Long could be a great. I got option. his jersey right here. <laughs> Kyle Long, number seventy-five. Sorry, Brandon Parker. 
Brandon Park would numbers. have to come out that jersey. He would have, but I have think to so Long, quick. I think it's. I think it would be a good move. You bring him out of retirement. He comes plays for one year, two years, maybe in in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You retire as a Raider. Or you retire I don't know with if he do Raiders. that. He wouldn't retire yeah. as a Raider, but he retires with the Raiders. Yeah, and yeah. You you kind of create you you close a circle of life. Yeah. You know, imagine imagine Howie and Kyle standing on the sideline, both rocking that silver and black. I mean, you got Howie, you know, wearing his black polo and his flat top, and you got Kyle out there coming off the field after the Raiders just clinched a playoff win. If I'm mistaken, uh, last time the Raiders were a Super Bowl winning team was whenever a long was on the roster. Yeah. So maybe that's what we've been missing. Maybe that's why we're cursed. We need a long. We need a long. We've waited a long time. It's been too long. <laughs> too long. Long enough. <laughs> Dude, look, we can, this could go on for a long time. But, yeah. But no, Cody, I but really want to go on any longer. <laughs> hey, man, look, <laughs> we could keep going and it could go long, long, long. Yeah. yeah. But it's gone on too long. Brother, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate you. I know that we're going to get on this weekend. Talk a little bit about free agency. Talk about what the Raiders' targets are. Dive deep into it. So I look forward to it. But until yes. then, Cody. A little warm-up. You ready? Give the listeners uh-huh. something to fire them up, man. Dude, are you going to make me close out like you used to close out for uh, Real Talk? Let's see. Raider Nation, let me tell you, I've been, I've been down this offseason. And, and if you're watching this and you're kind of just, you know, scrounging for a little hope, I'm right there with you. Last couple months – doing thinking on this football team. There's a lot that we invest in as fans and the passion, it just flows through us. There's nothing that we can do. And with passion, there's always the highs that you can ride and just have a great time. And then every time, just like this last season ended in disappointment, it's okay to be frustrated. Totally is. It's hard to get mad either direction of this whole situation. But one thing that we can still look at is continuity. And things are going to look a lot better this season when we can finally get into Allegiant Stadium because that's what we're missing as fans. Yeah, last season sucked. It would have sucked a little bit less if we could have did what we always do and get in there, tailgate, hang out with Raider Nation, real human interaction because this fan base is family. And that's not family that just talks on the internet all the time. It's family. I mean, some of you are. I'm sure you know you live your fandom through if you're so far away, YouTube and Twitter, and that's awesome. But the majority of this fan base likes to be able to, you know, get together when they can and have a good time. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most in 2021. Obviously, with my guy, Kenny King Jr., we're going to be connecting quite a bit. And Raider Nation, I think it's just time where we look at John Gruden and Mike Mayock. And this is make or break for them. You know, there's uh, they're on the chopping block in a way, I guess you could say. It's, it's a prove-it year for them. It was a prove-it year for Derek Carr, and I feel like he's made improvements. I feel like it's a prove-it year now for this entire John Gruden regime right now. So, I mean, I say it almost every year, but I don't know what I'd do if the Raiders didn't make the playoffs this year. That's about kind of how confident I am, and I think uh, it's going to be exciting. Buckle up. You know, we made some surprising cuts, and there's going to be more. There's going to be surprising maybe trades. There's going to be surprising signings. So get excited, sit back, relax, enjoy it, buy yourself a new Raider hat, and uh, oh, subscribe to this channel and podcast, Kenny King Jr. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.